questions about promo thing, I'm going to hit record. Okay, recorder's on. Take one for the amazing Francis Papalarda. Go. Hey, everyone. This is Francis Papalardo, and you are joining me today on the uh, amazing Vroom Vroom Beer podcast with Jeff Smith. And, and I believe, Jeff, you're the winner of a, of a long-standing handstand contest. I just heard that recently. Is that true? <laughs> um, let's go with yes. Sure. Why not? <laughs> it's a rumor I heard. So. I heard that. I heard that somewhere. <laughs> I, I might have written it down and, and then read it, and that makes it true. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Scott Sunderland. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going, man? It is going very good, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. You, you look like you're living life on 11, like all the time now. That's uh, the well, vibe that not, I get. Off of you. It, it, it's <laughs> not a, it, it takes work to be an 11 all the time. Of course. But you're not, obviously, nobody's at an 11 not always, all the time. Of course not. not. Always. No. And that's what makes it fun. But when you show you up, have contrast. when you show up for a podcast... You are usually on 11. Oh, I'm <laughs> oh yeah. I'm on 11. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what you're most excited about over at the Freedom Project today. Uh, helping people transform their lives. Helping them become unstuck. Helping them to find out who they really are. That is what we do, and that's what I love helping people do. Yeah. Um, and that, that is really what it's all about. I was, thinking, me, I, I was thinking like there's only like a couple people that don't need to start doing this work on the planet. And those are the people that have already started. Yeah. <laughs> but they still need to start because you're no, already starting. Okay. All right. Okay. I right? get where you're going. Yes. Yeah. Start again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're always, you're all re, always rediscovering who you are. That's true. And it doesn't now, stop. As, it's not one of these yeah. things where you, you start the work and then you finish like a project. It's nope. not like building a, some cabinets or something. It, it, yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it it's keeps an going. education. Yeah, it keeps yeah, going. It's, it's education. You go through first grade, then you go to second, and then pretty soon you're in 10th, and it just keeps on going. Yeah, yes. You don't graduate either. You just keep no. going. No, no. That's what life is. <laughs> it's school. <laughs> yeah, it's school. It's education. Okay, so let's go back in time because you've got an amazing story. So let's talk about Scott like in the first six years of your life, where did you grow up and what was childhood like for you? Oh, so crazy. I just went back to my house uh, where I oh, grew wow. up just the other night. Ooh. Just the other night. Did you go and, in, uh, in or just drive by? Or? Oh, I've got to tell you the story. Okay. You asked. I'm telling you the story. So <laughs> Please. I, I lived in um, not too far from where I am now, right outside of uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Right. And in a small home. 
and uh, broken marriage. My my mother was really sick, alcoholic, um, hooked on prescription pills. My brother and my sister and I lived with her. And at three years old, I was feeding myself. Wow. You know, doing doing everything. And three years um old. Wow. Three. And I was the only one home. My my brother and sister were in school. And every day I would sit on my front step. And I never really understood. Did I put myself out there? Did my mom put me out there? But my mom would kind of be laying comatose um on the couch, you know, with a fifth of vodka. Wow. And just as a side note, my, my mom passed away. Uh two years ago. Okay. And she totally transformed her life. And she probably helped more people find out who they were than I, I can only hope to help as many. So as she, she was, has. uh, she was, did recovery as they say. Oh yeah. She did okay. recovery. I mean, 40 years, 45 years sober. Oh wow. Um, Holy transformed cow. so many people's lives. That's and amazing. Just so many stories. That That's good I, for I, her. I, yeah. Oh, it was it was amazing yeah. to watch. But what's, addiction is she one lost of those... everything in order to get it. Of course, of course, of yeah. course. That's not yeah. an easy road, and yeah. lucky and lucky for her because a lot of yeah. people with the addiction sort of like disease they don't survive it. So I would yeah. think you yeah. know, and that's one of those two that it's like okay if you have like a um, get a broken leg or cancer or any other disease people don't go Ugh, that person they got like ugh, they had a heart attack mm-hmm. what's wrong mm-hmm. with them what are they mm-hmm. I, you know yeah let's judge people yeah. that have cancer they got cancer yeah. ew gross mm-hmm. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah but addicts yeah. of course of course yeah. we're gonna judge them and shame them well i think it's it's a it's an issue of not fitting you know they they can't fit into the culture of what this That's, you know I never reality is right you know and that's why we work with people that have been, you know, in addiction and it it's really maybe they were right by not fitting because you know when you start when you turn 50 years old and you realize that oh I've been working my whole life for all this for the house for the cars for the boat for all you know the IRA and the 401k and how when does the happiness come and I was there and you know I was I, I worked my ass off and I own a construction company, still own the construction company. And, um, I was just waiting for the fulfillment and the happiness to come. Right. You know, they said, get the house. I got the house. Right. Nope. And then you have to get something else and then you have to put an addition on it. And then it's like, you're, <laughs> you're chasing and looking for this happiness. Do you remember and it doesn't show what up. What was that show when we were kids, the Jetsons? Oh, I love the Jetsons. Gene, get me off this crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I love the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we're, what you're talking about, that I call that the hedonistic treadmill, right? Yeah, yeah. The thinking of, that that the next thing you buy will make you feel good forever. Yeah. And you'll never have no, to. I, I, yeah. And that was me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was me. I, I was it, and I still have a little bit of that. I, we I all have a little bit of that. Most of everything away, I we really don't have much. Right. Um, and I kind of love that. Uh, the, the, uh, but I'm not a minimalist, you know, by yeah, any stretch. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think you can take anything to an extreme. I think, you know, yeah. as long yeah. it, there's nothing wrong with stuff as long as you're just enjoying it for what it is. It's just stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you don't have that shempa, have you ever heard of shempa? It's like this sort of like neediness. 
mm-hmm. from Buddhist mm-hmm. tradition. Right? Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. don't, if you're just enjoying a thing because you're enjoying a thing, like I love Netflix, I love my toys, mm-hmm. right? My computer mm-hmm. games. Nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. Do I need it? Yeah. No, not really. Yeah. It's just fun, right? Yeah. If I didn't have it, would I be a little pissed? A little, right? I'd be a little pissed, but yeah. it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't fundamentally change my life, right? Is, yeah. They're just things to screw around with. That's yeah, a it's sure. a healthy attitude, you know. Yeah. So, okay. Before we get too far down the rabbit hole, let's go back to this story where you went to visit the the parents. Oh, house. so yes, your um, your your childhood home. Shit comes up, you know. I'm okay. Uh, uh, it, it, this is the one thing of doing the the work I do. Yes, is the very important. There is always right. stuff inside. There's always yeah. old emotions, old feelings that you're all dealing with. Yeah. Um, that. You know, I always say that it is never the event that causes the emotion or the feeling. It's the feeling and the emotion that causes the events. Right. And first there would second all, row, right. Yeah. And you would always kind of have that, you know. So, you know, doing what I do, stuff started to bubble up. And a lot of it, you know, being that little boy in that house with a mother who talked to herself a lot and then, and as a, a depressive person, an alcoholic, and and somebody you know addicted to pain pills. Um, I'm sure her conversations weren't exactly loving to herself. So I heard it, you know, out front and loud, and I saw it. And, right. Um, so I would sit up on this step, and I would, you know, I, I know. First off, I would say to my dad, "Where are you? And why did you leave me here?" And why did you put me outside here to my mom and to my brother and sister? When are you coming home so I can go back inside? And that step really became a cage for me. And wow. even when I left it, I was still in that cage, you know? Wow. So that was so basically was really, your little escape refuge? That was, well, it, was, it Is, wasn't even an escape. It was kind of like a, it was a prison. but Like a little lily time, pad of survival. It was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a prison of thought. Like it was a cage filled mm. with thoughts. It was my head because all these thoughts are going through my head. Why am I here? Where is my father? When am I going to get back inside? And wow. where are, are all the other kids sitting out on their front porches? Because there's no one here. It's only me. And I'm out in this world. And, you know, I just want to go back inside and watch my cartoons, you know? Right. And, so I, I said to my wife, just had a lot coming up, and I, and I said, I think it's we're we're actually leaving here uh, in a, in a two days, and we're going to be traveling around the country for four months. And I said, I think uh, we we recently moved to Florida. We came back to PA for the month, and I said, I think I came back here for closure. Okay. And I think I need to put this behind me. And I said, we're going for a ride. And we drove to this house, this neighborhood that I grew up on. And as we pull up, um, I just wanted to see it. And this house actually, believe it or not, was in a TV show. They filmed it inside this house called Do No Harm. That was the name of the TV show, which is, I mean, that it's, is it's so... the suburb outside of Philadelphia. I mean, seriously, out Do of all no the houses, harm. this house, Do No Harm. And wow. it was filmed in this house. In, that, in the was, same house you grew up in? 100%. In the wow. house that I so I can with. go look at the stoop that you're talking yes, about. You can. <laughs> yes, you can. In this story, yes. it, I think it was one season. And 
it was just absolutely bizarre, you know, because yes. they filmed it there because this house was stuck in the 70s. <laughs> Nothing ever changed. They didn't change anything. So the That's timeline awesome. was in the 70s. Gotcha. And it was about two brothers and the, the brothers were older and they would flash back when they were little boys. Right. And here are is me and my brother living in this house. And my sister just stayed in a room because she just she was the hider. And wow. It was a it was a story of me and my brother. And it was mind blowing to watch this. And that's a little too right. Twilight Zoney for me. That's oh, like, it's well, it's, yeah, it's, oh, it's all inside you. It's all inside you. I know, you, right? That's you crazy. create the reality, right? Yes. So I am. Um, so I pull up to this house and I see it, and there's this little kid. He's probably three years old, and he's standing in the bay window, um, like the you know, hands up against the window, standing there. And I'm like, oh my god, and. And my wife's getting a picture of the house. And then, you know, we drive away and we turn around and come back to my side so I can get a picture. And the kid's standing in the in the window again. And so crazy. And there's his dad behind him. And he's just kind of walking through the living room. But he's looking right at me, taking a picture of his son or the house. But his son is in this picture. So we drive away. And I said, you know what? I don't feel right about that. I want to go back. I think I need to go back. And then wow. I turned around in the driveway and I go back and pull up in front of the house and the dad's, you know, he even waved, you know, okay. and I said, come here, come here, come here. And he comes out and he opens the door and I said, listen, I just, I didn't want to make this weird. I wasn't taking pictures of your son standing in the window. I grew up in that house. And he's like, Oh, come here, come here. Come on, please. Tell wow. me all about it. We just moved here six years ago. Wow. And I know the people before us were here forever. So I guess they bought it from your parents, maybe. Anyway, I said, listen, I have a request. I would love to get a picture of me sitting on that step. And he said, oh, yeah, come on. You know, my wife, you know, we get out and wow. I sit on the step and she snaps a picture real quick. And all of a sudden the door opens behind him. And it's, it's his wife. And all of a sudden, four kids, including the three-year-old, four kids come out, and they're now standing behind me on my step. And my wife gets a picture of that. And it was the most beautiful thing ever, because I have the one picture of me sitting on my step. And then now you have the five of us <laughs> sitting on this step. And she, she says, hello. And, the, the, you know, the mom. And, wow. Uh, anyway through the whole house, the bedrooms. And it was so surreal going back. And it was the true definition of healing. Right. And in my wife, the whole time's like, I don't think you understand what you are doing for this man right now. Because right. he is literally healing in front of your eyes. Wow. And it was, I was insane. You'll so. be processing that for a while. <laughs> I think so. I yeah. think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. important to process that. So I, I have to just interject a little of me here. Sure. Because sure. I, it's so sad listening to your trauma from three, mm -hmm. three years old. Um, I think my earliest memory, it's probably when I was four, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember being really upset that the last neighborhood kid that I played with was starting kindergarten a year before me. 
Mm. And I wasn't going to have anybody mm. to play with. Mm. That was my big traumatic event. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I had, you know, so it's just all of my memories of that time are like sunshine and grass smell, right? It's just yeah, 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 yeah. beautiful, yeah. right? Well, but I'll be I honest. Think, mine yeah. were too. Mine were too. I, I didn't know the difference. I, for me, this was just my life. I, I mean, sitting on the step, I had those thoughts and those thoughts when you're three, four, five, six years yeah, old. Yeah, they're scary. You process them and, and you hold them inside your body. That, that's what right. we do as, as right. human beings. Yeah. And, and that's so, like the early time when your brain is still forming. Yes. And oh, you're, you're, you're myelating. You're, what do they yep. call them? The uh, myelated circuits are being created in your brain. Yep. So yep. It, it becomes you. That becomes adult yeah. you. Right. Yeah. Your environment becomes, yeah. you are a product of your, your emotional from, love kind yes. of relationships have a yep. huge effect. Oh, um, and your parents. Your yeah. Parents, right. Right. Where your, your, your siblings, your primary that, caregivers. Right. That starts in the womb. I mean, that yes. literally starts from minus nine months to, you know, six, seven, even eight years old. Right. You are. So if you have parents, if you know that they're arguing, Mm-hmm. and fighting that's your whole world right and you're laying in bed and you are scared shitless because right. there's mommy and daddy and they're fighting and chances are your your name's coming up because it came up for mine right. and i know what and it's my fault now because my name is being and and of course it's it's not what's being said but it's how you're computing it because right you're you there there's no other world outside of you your siblings and your parents right when you're that age right. especially growing up in the 70s so it was you know taking all that in and you're processing it and you're feeding the computer with that information right. so what happens is your mind just wants you to go back and get your body to feel so how it does that is to go back to that hard drive and say, oh, we have this disappointment. Let's use disappointment. Let's use not good enough, unworthiness, right, right. You know, lack. We'll use all these things to pull out to create a life. Right. And then suddenly right. when you realize that when you just start to unpack figure that, that out, yes. unpack that, unpack yes. it, right? It's so amazing what happens. Number one, the first thing that happens is you feel it all over again. Right. And that's the hard part. Right. That's the unfolding. That's the letting go of it. But man. Becoming aware of it, I think, is like the hardest thing. Number one. That's number one. And the most number one of being aware of, okay, so this is the process. This is what you're going to go through. We're going to excavate. Yes. And we're going to dig these little feelings out. Right. And we're going to get these to bubble up. But as they bubble up and they come out, they're going to get stuck in your throat. And you're going to have to voice these things mm-hmm. out. Right. And it is that when it's stuck in the throat and it's stuck in your, your like the whole way up, it is torture. You just feel like right. you're dying. Yeah. Because you're, you're, well, every, you're, you're, you're calling yeah. for those emotions. Right. And like, you're kind of wired to do everything you can not to experience that. It's, you don't want to, you don't want to, it's, it's, it's want, basically buried fire. You don't want to experience the pain. Right. No. So you're doing ex- exactly what you just said. It's like you're standing on a bridge with a rubber band tied around your ankles and you, and someone's going to say, listen, it'll be fine. I'm going to push in. You're going to fall over. 
<laughs> I just joke. Just joke. What are you talking about? All right. I'm standing on a bridge here. Right. Leave me alone. Me you're me <laughs> to jump off it. Right. I have brought up my whole life to never right. get in a stranger's car. Right. But now I'm going to, on my phone, I'm going to hit a button. A guy's going to pull up. I'm going to pay him to get in that car. Right. So we're calling for it. Right. Right. And, right. And it, it is kind of what it's like because we're, we're asking them, listen, you're going to have to go there. Right. If you want to let go of this, you're going to have to be vulnerable and yeah. you're going to have to go there. You're going to have to trust. You're yeah. not necessarily, you have to trust in me, but most importantly, you have to trust in this universal power, this source that runs through you. And I'm going to explain to you how to know that that exists for you. Number right. one, right, that right. you are God energy, universal energy, whatever you want to call it. Right. When you having the awareness, like you said, Jeff, awareness is so big in this because you have the awareness that that exists for you, that you are that universal right. source energy, then it's not Jeff anymore. Right. It's this other thing, this <clears throat> power. Right. You know, when, when I was paralyzed, laying in a bed, I would watch people come in and out of my room and I would think, what the hell is it? that I am now disconnected from, that I was once connected to. What is that? Because mm. Scott's all here, but I can't move anything. And Interesting. I, I yeah. used to lay in bed and my heart would beat, blood would pump, right? Cells would live and die, you know, be, you know regenerate. Right. But yet Scott wasn't doing all that. Scott would move his hand, he would throw a football. I wasn't, Scott wasn't doing that. So what was that? And now I'm just <laughs> This reminds me of the Eckhart Tolle book. Remember when he was sitting on that bench and he was like, I think it was Power of Now or New World, whatever, um, newer. Right. He was like, um, I'm so tired of myself. Wait a minute. Yeah, oh, yeah. How can there be two of me? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> right? That whole, oh, yeah. that whole subject of identity, when you start yeah. picking at it, like you basically... Yeah. Laying in a bed for four months with being paralyzed and not even being, being able to blink yeah. is a strange gift. Yeah. <laughs> not many people see gift. it as a gift. Not many people. But it, a gift. It takes a while to see that buried treasure, yeah. right? That is definitely like one of your big gifts. Without a doubt. Not in the moment. I, I, not I in the moment. No, 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 no. Not in the moment at all. No, no. It, it was, because it it's hell. It's hell. For sure. Right. It is hell. It's yeah, hell. It's painful. Yes. And it's hell, but there's a knowing of that, you know, of, okay, so I, I'm on this road for some reason. I right. don't know why. Right. And it's the letting go of trying to figure it out. Right. Try let go. Just, it was complete surrender in every possible way. Surrender right. to my body, surrender to my finances, surrender to my everything. life, yeah. it, everything. So it, it is the ultimate you know, we're just going to listen. We have a plan for you because you're such an asshole. You will not listen to us, <laughs> says God, says yes, the, the universe. universe. Right. Yes. You won't listen, Scott Sunderland. So we have a plan mm. that you cannot do anything about. We are going to reboot the computer. Right. And that's the power went out. And it, literally in three days, I went from just a, a regular 35 year old guy working his ass off to laying in that bed, unable to move. I have a and question that was for the you great that, awakening. I, that I just came up with and you're, you're either going to love it or hate it. Oh, I'm going to, I love it. I guarantee <laughs> you. 
<laughs> so at some point when I was doing the Wayne Dyer, you know, at all, right? Deepak oh. Chopra, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of got this this impression that they were trying to have me accept 100% responsibility for mm-hmm. soup to nuts, my entire, not just human experience, but everything mm-hmm. experience, right? Mm-hmm. In and mm-hmm. out of earth and time, right? Mm-hmm. So that meant that not only was I responsible for everything that happens on earth, but I'm responsible for everything that I'm almost like made it happen before I got here. Have you ever considered that? That that you may you have actually Pandora's box. You may right have may, you may have wrote this story before you were born with your guides. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you right now this and this is such a great question and thank you so much for asking this because man I'm tell you what this is that's a tough this one. is. Swallowing it, that pill. Swallowing. But listen, there is so and 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 listen. I get it. I'll, I'll tell you what. I talk to a lot of people. Okay. And you know, people going through some really really hard times. Some people just right. going through the minimalistic stuff. You know, anxiety right. or to depression. To Everybody's I was just diagnosed with cancer. Right. Yep. Everybody the has only, their. The story. only thing that's different is the yep. volume. That's. Yep. And and I'll tell you what. My answer never changes. It's all you. It's all you. It's all you. It was all me. Right. It was right. my fault because I know this without question because four months before I laid in that hospital bed, I was working 18 hours a day in, in, in another state away from my you know, brand new one-year-old son. And all I could think about was I just want all of this to go away. I was so stressed out. I was working for people that were screaming, screaming at me every day. And I was behind on my projects and I was afraid I'm not going to get paid. They're not going to hire me again. Right. All I want to do is go home and I just want to lay in bed. That's all I kept thinking. Right. And then when I'm laying in that bed four months later, I'm thinking, I made well, this happen. Ask for it. Ask for it. <laughs> yeah, I made yeah, this I happen. Mean, you, right. you got the bonus plan, but you know, <laughs> I mean, it, I could have I, taken I really a vacation. Wanna, yeah, I mean, it but I chose this instead. A little bit better, but I went this way. Uh, yeah, I went this right. way. Right. And, and don't we always, we all do that. We all have that power. We all have that strength. Right, right. Well, for me, when I, so you were in your early 20s, right? 30, 30s. 30s? Okay. Yeah, I was oh. like mid 30s. Right, 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 right. Okay. Mid 30s. Yep. Okay. So like 35, 36 ish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, about that. Yeah. So for me, my big trauma in my life was I got, I had like some non diagnosed depression when mm-hmm. I was about in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's when my stuff came up for me. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I went through suicide attempts mm-hmm. and we can talk a little bit more about like, um, that's, it's like, it was an interesting time for me because I met a guy who was a college professor and then he brought me home. He invited me to his house to do body work, energy work, mm-hmm. and taught me how mm-hmm. to do meditation. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. then he went away and I forgot about that stuff until it was about 34 or 35. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. And I went through all of this shit. Right. All, all my journey. I don't want to get too much into it. But, you know, suicide attempts like mm-hmm. blaming. I think my big thing, my my big aha was probably like four or five years after I, I, I didn't really recover from that depression. I just said, fuck it. Right. Yeah. 
and and yeah. so I was still carrying the backpack around yeah. <laughs> as yeah. you so so, yeah. so I didn't deal with it. I didn't process it. I was just like, I'm just gonna forget about this mm. I'm, and mm-hmm. and not do anything, right? So mm-hmm. that it, you're not done yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. You actually haven't even started yet. You've just decided to I don't know, start drinking more. I don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. what what people do. So then I had a big fight with my wife. And I realized that I had a bunch of stuff that I, I wasn't even blaming her, right? Mm. I, mm. In the moment, I was blaming her mm-hmm. for all of my shit, mm-hmm. okay? And after the fight, I was like, what? It's yeah. not her fault. No. It's not anybody's fault. No. It's my fault. No, it's you. <laughs> it's and, and, and here's the thing. Yeah. It, 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 that's you hanging on. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to tell you a story, a great story of a guy um, – that uh, we worked with. He came through our course. Potato Joe. And <laughs> That's um, awesome. <laughs> he's from Belgium. Fantastic guy. But uh, did a lot of work, you know, did a lot of work on himself. And he just had this thing of he, he just couldn't get past this not being good enough. And it was all related to his father. And he said he came on the call and he's like, uh, I have a story. And I'm like, I'll bring it, baby, you know. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sitting in my flat. My girlfriend opens the oven and she says, Hey, can you help me get these potatoes out of the oven? And he said, immediately this rush of anger came up and it was like, Oh, you stupid woman. What is your problem? You just can't get that, the stupid tray out of the oven. And he's just like, Whoa, Whoa, where did this come from? Like, he's like, I was thrown back in the chair. Like it came so quickly. And he said in an instant, in an instant, I was in the woods with my father and my brother and my brother, my father was teaching my 12 year old brother how to run a chainsaw. And there is nine year old me. And I'm trying to get my dad's attention as he's trying to teach, you know, my brother not to cut his leg off with his chainsaw. And he says, you know, dad, dad, dad. And all of a sudden he said, my father snapped back at me and he said, Bastion, Bastion. Can you not do anything for yourself? And he said, that was my moment. He said, I knew it right then. This has been me. And that came from inside me. And it came up and out of my mouth. And he said, I had the most, the biggest aha moment of my life. It, It wasn't anybody. It was me, though, that held on to it. Right. And he said, now I felt like I let go of it. And I right. said, oh, my, I was like, Lord. And I said, dude, so what happened? And yeah. he goes, we <clears throat> forgot about the potatoes. I went up to her. I grabbed her harder than I've ever grabbed her before. And we didn't yeah. come out of the bedroom for three hours. And I said, wow. beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. perfect. Right? Yes. And it is. He said, I put something down that day. Right. And it, it's exactly what we do. We take these moments, you know, because yep. that means so much. And it always, you know, with guys, it always has to do, it, guys and girls, it always has to do with father, mother, or a guardian, a teacher, like even snapping back. And it can be literally a five second, right. you know, quick yelling or, or you know, it's just, conversation it's just or whatever. just a little tape that, 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 
Yeah. yeah. And you replay that over right. in your mind because think right. about it in the moment mm-hmm. when you were that little Jeff and, you know, right. your dad said something to you or yep. even, you know, somebody at school said something to you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Of course. You yeah. hold on to it. Yes. And then and then what has to happen is it's such a jolt for your body. This massive, mm. you know, energy comes up so you can feel this this, you know, moment. Well, your mind knows that it says, oh, wait a minute. Now I got that. Now I got the chainsaw thing. So anytime I need to get bashed in the field, then all I need to do is bring that back up. I just have to put an event in front of we'll him. Just play that. Tape. Like, yeah, we'll play that tape. Right. And then it, it, it is the awareness, though, of and that is what we do. The awareness of showing people right. the awareness, how to how to well, build once, the awareness. Yeah, you can't even start. You can't even it. really start until you have something to work with. Right. That's yes. that's part. That's the hugest. It's yes. sort of like going into uh, CI, CI. What is it? Crime scene investigation mode. Right. CSI. Yes. You're going in the CSI mode. So sleuthing yeah. is a lot. So once you've got a piece to work with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's where like yeah. the practice comes in. Right. Yeah. The practice is almost yeah. like. It's like, OK. I'm going fishing. <laughs> yeah. I've got to go dig up some more buried treasure. When you look yeah. at it like that, where, where you're going, I know there's, like I said, I started this conversation pre-show chat. I'm probably, I've got more work to do that I'm not even aware of, right? Mm-hmm. And I've kind mm-hmm. of gotten lazy on my, mm-hmm. you know, going out fishing for, for mm-hmm. more things to work on. Yeah. I think we all do that, right? But, well, you've got to be ready for it. Well, That's you, also, why. you do, you do, but you also like, even my meditation practice is kind of falling off too. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. I, I lo- a lot of times you just meditating and you're not even trying to find buried treasure or dig up the past or looking yeah. for stuff. And all of a sudden you just go, oh. <laughs> yeah, because you're right. not looking. Right. Because you're not looking. Right. That that's when it can come. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> you're when it open can come when you're not looking for it. Right. Because that's perfect. Who's doing the looking? Jeff's doing the looking. Scott's doing the looking. That, right. We don't know the answer. We don't have the answer. Right. We are just a, this meat suit, <laughs> and we think we're this person. You know, right. we were talking in the pre in the pre show about you know, um, um, oh my god, what are we talking about? We uh, talked about identity. No, no, we Depression. were talking about uh, uh, Jim Carrey. Jim oh, Carrey's Jim Carrey. uh, comm- yeah, 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 commencement yeah. speech, right? Right. We are just, we think we're this character. Yes. I, oh, I am I am thing. so good right. at believing that I am this character. And, right. you know, back to the bed of seeing people walking in and out. I can't be this guy. Who am I? <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, that that in and of itself that? is like a gift. That, yeah, and and like people will say because I read okay, that. So, like, what was that book, the Eckhart Tolle book, where he? I think he called it like a basket or something, right? So it's like we've yeah, got an uh, imaginary basket in our head, and you can put stuff in the basket. And this is right, right? Yeah. And you so yeah. like this is my name. It's called Jeff. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then you yeah. put like Jeff yeah. is bald and he's yeah. fat and he was yeah. in the Air Force, and right. And then. After a while, we're pretty sure we're the basket. 
right? And its name is Jeff Smith. Well, that's Smith, what you see. And it's got a house and a car and a, right? But that's what you see. Because right. when, and, well, when and you he put was those like, things. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, that's not you. You're not your fucking basket, yeah. buddy. <laughs> you're not the basket. You're not the you're fucking the, basket. <laughs> you're the thing putting the things in the in basket. In the basket, yes. You Correct. think you're the basket, though. Correct. And it's so funny that you say that because that's what that's how I describe it as fishbowl. Nice. Your fishbowl gets so... Over time, you're in that fishbowl. And and if you don't clean it, which we don't clean it, <laughs> right, right? right? It gets dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. Right. And it oh, gets good. Like less that. air, less air. Right. So pretty soon it's stagnant water. You are struggling for breath. Right. You know, you're you're this, you know, a, a 45-year-old guy trying to provide for his family, make everybody happy, right. make it has a boss that he has to answer to. He doesn't want to have to answer to anybody. Oh, maybe I should go out and start my own business. Oh, but what am right. I going to do? Right. All these thoughts are generating in this guy's head. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to go to sleep tonight at 1130 and I'm going to have to get up tomorrow at five and I'm going to have to do the whole thing all over again. Yep. So where, when is the happiness supposed to show up? When am I going to be that? When can right? I breathe a little? When can I breathe? Yeah. And, and it really, it becomes weight. And right. that it, it's all the food that got in the fishbowl and it's all stagnant and thick and you can't see out of the glass anymore because it's right. all got the film on it. Well, you got to mail the, you got to build a new fishbowl. Yeah. You got to build that so you can step out. So you got to let water in, flush the old out. Yeah. And that's how it works. Right. So you need the flushing. You need the shit that's going to come in. <laughs> or right. actually, you need the fresh that's going to come in yes. to push out the shit. Well, you got to put the shit in the garden because that's where it can grow you, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true too because that helps you. You're right. It helps you. The that, shit is your buried treasure. Well, the shit is the motivator. The pain, the shit, the yes. pain is the motivator. So pre-show we were talking about, you know, I talk about all the time, the room on fire. Okay. And I was in a room on fire. And it was sometimes your you're in a room. Okay. It was my life. Oh, it was even. Scott. It wasn't my life. It was Scott. Okay. And it wasn't like there's a little fire in the corner. It was against the wall, flames licking at my face. And there was only one, I had only one choice. You, I had to go through those flames to find out maybe there's a wall, there's a door on the other side. Right. Maybe these flames are only right in front of me, but I had to do that. And I found the door. That door for me was meditation, breath work, all of that, right? Right. The law of attraction, all of that right. really kind of guided me. So I am very good at diving all in as, you know, Hey, listen, I just want to go home to go to bed, right? Yeah, well, I ended up in that bed. I'm the same way, sure. you know, on the other side too. So it, we wait till those things show up for us, cancer. We wait for that anxiety to get to so bad, that depression to get so bad. So when you're laying in that, in that moment and you're thinking, all right, I have two choices. This, this life is so difficult right now. I can either check out or I can do something about it. And that's the moment that people have been waiting for. But you don't have to wait for that moment. No, that was why I made this show. Just so you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, do we, because, how do we help people not have to, you know, you still have to do the work. But you do. But it, you, the, but the you, volume you, doesn't have to be on 11. <laughs> but but he, 
I, I agree 100%. And, right. and you don't have to wait for that. You, right. You don't have to wait. I think that's any, the key. Any, any disease, disease, right? Any right. disease is really stuck energy. That's totally. just all it is. Right. And I, re- I remember talking to a woman who had cancer. She was just diagnosed with cancer. And um, my partner went through this with, with his wife and she passed. She had uh, ovarian cancer and um, tried to find everything to heal her, you know. Right. And I was talking to this woman and she was saying about and I said, listen, I'm going to tell you my story. And I told her my story. And I said, the thing that I deduced from all of that was if it wasn't for me laying in that bed, broken helpless, hopeless. I would not be living the life that I'm living right now because it made me look at me, Mm -hmm. made me say, okay, who, who's responsible for this? And I couldn't point to anybody else, but me. Right. I said, this is coming up for you because it's not the cancer. The cancer is saying, come look at me, try to heal me, try to fix me, try to get rid of me. This cancer is your savior. So if you go into it with thinking, that by releasing all of this trauma in your body, you are literally flushing the system. You are energizing the system behind right. the flushing of the system. You right. are curing yourself. <clears throat> and I've watched it. I've watched people do it. I've watched people who couldn't move their arms suddenly move their arm. Mm. And it's energy. Yeah. It is just forgetting who you are I and stepping into who you really are. At some point when I was going through stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. when we were talking about the depression and mm-hmm. then more stuff, you know, as you as you keep going on this sort of like mm-hmm. work. Right. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. I, I can't remember. I, so like when we were probably late 30s, we tried to have kids. Mm-hmm. Turns out uh, we didn't want to have kids, but we were just trying to have kids because everybody was telling us to have kids. Yeah. And, and then, everybody else is doing oh, it. Right. 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 So then we, we kind of like, we had to go through some stuff to get to that Mm -hmm. answer. That was not easy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Being that honest, not only with yourself, but with your partner, that's, Mm -hmm. you're, you're digging up some Mm -hmm. stuff. Okay. Yeah. But we got to that point and we're like, neither one of us really want to have kids. We high fived and said, let's keep the money. Right. Mm -hmm. But then Mm -hmm. it sort of opened a door of, Mm. I want to do this more now. Because that mm. was really hard to get to that thing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the result was just awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So I was sort of like kind of hooked. So I was like, mm-hmm. now I need to go and dig around in there. I think I got a book by um, Dr. Phil, of all people. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it, it, you'd be amazed because yeah, he it was very much you know it's like go back in time and relive pieces of your childhood where you think mm-hmm. maybe you might have some stuff right mm-hmm. and relive it and keep reliving it and try to figure something out right something's going to or to say it a different way have a well, different perspective yeah, yeah yeah i think i think yeah. that the the gist was you know you go back and you look at everybody and you take your piece Right. You take your piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, I was a kid. OK, so kids don't mm-hmm. process information like adults. You have mm-hmm. to forgive that kid mm-hmm. now. Right. Mm-hmm. For doing the yeah. best he could with what he had then. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> 
right? It, That's it's so huge, true. Though. I mean, it is so big. It's huge. It's so big. So my, I mean, listen, when yeah. I go ahead, sitting on that, sitting on right. that step the other right. night, right. It, it was, oh my God, I'm here. Right. And, and it's so funny, you know, I mean, I'm six foot something, you know, <laughs> right. 200 pounds, right. you know, pretty, pretty athletic guy, you know, right. And construction owner, you know, the whole thing. And I do, I swear to God, I think I'm this four year old little kid. I really think I'm this little kid. Sure. And my wife says, don't, don't you see yourself in the mirror? Like you're a big guy. And I'm like, no, I'm really not a big. And when I saw that picture, I'm like, Oh my God. Wow. That step looks so small. And the house looks so small. The backyard looks so small because I saw it as this little boy, but I forgot. I thought I was that little boy forever up to, you know, a couple of days ago. Right. And now I saw myself on that step and I'm like, wow, that's who I am. That that's, that's a totally different version of myself. I've never right. seen this version of me. Right. And it suddenly kind of sparked this, I don't know, fire, energy, whatever. Yes. You know? Well, you're still, you're still working on that piece. <laughs> well, we would, all are. Yeah. But you're yeah. Uh, specific to that thing. You're still in pro- process. You probably are not even integrating yet. So yeah, you know, you're I'll, still I'll, in process. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, anybody that says, I don't care who you are. Right. Anybody that says that, oh yeah, I've been through all that and I, I've reached my right. spot. No, they're lying to you. Right. Well, because they're lying listen, to man, themselves. It doesn't it, it stop. Is. Yeah. It doesn't stop. No. I mean, it gets so much better and right. so much freer. But it is you. You. You're going to step out of tenth grade. You're going to go into eleventh, and you're going to know right. better than the third graders. Right. You're going to know about all the third graders out there saying that. Oh yeah. Well, that's just you know crazy. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you when you get to 10th grade, if you get here, right, because right. I know what I know. Right. I know what I know. Right. 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 So we talked a little bit about the, the illness question. So let's let's talk about this hope thing, because that was fun. Mm-hmm. And it kind of lit mm-hmm. you up in the pre-show chat. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about how Jim Carrey had called hope a beggar. Right. Mm-hmm. So my wife's what, favorite term. Yeah. So. And then I told you the the story about uh, Admiral, I think his name was Stockwell, and yeah. being in mm-hmm. Vietnam and in a prison mm-hmm. camp, and how mm-hmm. he survived by two mm-hmm. things, right? Facing mm-hmm. the ugly truth mm-hmm. that that might possibly happen. I could possibly die in this prison mm-hmm. camp, and that could mm-hmm. be the end of my story. I have to accept mm-hmm. that first mm-hmm. and then do everything in my fucking power to make sure that doesn't happen. So the, mm-hmm. and then the opposite is like the next question to the the admiral was. So who got in trouble first? And he was like, "Oh, it was the optimists, <laughs> mm. <laughs> who would say we're going to be mm. out of here by Christmas, right?" Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. went through something like that when you were in that bed. Mm-hmm. So talk a little yeah, bit when about I, those feelings. Well, I, when I first uh, was in the hospital, hospital, right. Um, the it first was, hospital I'd, or the second yeah, hospital or the third I, hospital. <laughs> yeah. Before I got into rehab and all that, it right. was the first doc. It was so funny. Well, it wasn't funny at the time, but I had this doctor who it was in Jefferson down in Philly and pretty prominent for this, you know, kind of stuff, you know, it's okay. like big hospital. We deal with this kind of stuff, trauma, you know, major, you know, people have been through major trauma, major accidents, all that. Right. So okay. I'm in the right place. Okay. And, he comes into my room and he, and he has a class with him. 
So he has probably 10 students. Wow. And he had the, the, he's looking me and he's, you know, this big guy, like just coming in, walking in. And he says, yeah, hey, Scott, how are you? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to, you'll be walking out of here in a week. And behind him was this young female student. And I saw her just shaking her head now. Wow. And I thought I paid more attention to her than I did him. Wow. And it got progressively worse. Right. And then, you know, I was in there for two weeks and, you know, you'll be able to eat solid food tomorrow. Okay. Do the test. You're not ready for solid food, you know, and it would start off by those little things, you know? Right. And, and then, uh, I'll never forget it. Like the whole time, probably for the first month I kept, is it, is it, tomorrow that I'm going to start to walk? Is it tomorrow or my hands going to move? And people would say that, well, yeah, we're going to get mobility back, but I would keep getting worse. Wow. Keep getting worse. And it was so this, this was point, before they knew what the hell was going on. Basically. They knew what I had. They knew what I oh, had at, at that, that point. point. Okay. They knew kind of what it was going on. They didn't realize the severity of it. And okay. they also told me, well, this is the other thing the doctor told me. Big mistake. The harder you work, Mr. Sunderland, to get back, the faster you will get back. Big mistake because <laughs> I exhausted myself. Right. I, they would put my hands on these pedal machines and they would strap them. They would tape my hands to the pedals because I would ask them to do that. I couldn't hold the pedals. So right. just take my hands to it. And I would just sit there for hours trying to move these things and, you know, I couldn't move, you know, so right. I mean, I, I barely made any rotations at all, you know, wow. but it was a thought. But at the same time, I'm kind of exhausting myself of it. Right. And it's not it really came helping this, that much. Right. No. Right. No. And it came to this one night, one night, and it was in Jefferson and they would lay me. They would they would flip me over, you know, different. And, and the nurse laid me on my side and I rolled over on my face and my, and I am in my face is in the pillow and I cannot move and I am starting to suffocate. And I'm thinking, Oh, so this is it. This is how I'm going to die. Wow. I'm going to suffocate in this pillow because I literally Can't cannot move. Save myself. Right. Yeah. And it was like the humility in that moment of this is the end for me. This is how it all ends. No one's going to know. And they're just going to come in in the morning and they're going to flip me over and I'm going to be blue. And wow. I, that was like, man, I didn't think it could get this bad. I didn't think it would ever be this bad. And then, of course, somebody come magically in and just flips me over like, oh, wow, flip you over. <gasps> you know, the big breath and you just saved my life. But there was no talking. There was no saying that. Right. So. It was wow. always that, always that. And wow. I'll tell you what it You're was. You're one finally. flip away from suffocating. Yep. Wow. And it was that moment. It really was that moment. It was the great giving up. It was the great surrender for me. It was, okay, you got a plan, whatever it is, whoever you are, you have a plan for me and I am just putty. I'll do what you tell me to do. I will be who I'm supposed to be. Wow. Just let me fucking walk again. 
That's all I ask. And I'm, I'll relinquish myself to it. And there okay. is, it's one thing to have mm. a man who has hope to do things, right? Hope to get to the next week, right? It's a whole nother fucking story when you see a man with no hope. Because totally. there is no fight. There right. is no fight. It's just complete surrender. It's complete. For me, it was just... Uh, like the air going out of a balloon. Air going out of the oh, balloon. Right. Empty balloon is just kind of floating on the surface of the water. Right. And that, but that's where it comes. That's where that voice yeah. comes. And that's, I, you know, it's so funny, Jeff. I had that knowing there is no fucking way that I am not going to ever walk again. There's just no way. It can't, it cannot be written this way. Right. I have too much. I have been through too much. I have seen too much. Right. So this has to be the great learning for me. So I read all the books. I did Tony Robbins. I did Eckhart. I did all the books. And this is where it led me. Laying in bed, broken. I listened to Dr. Wayne. I listened to him. Right. right. I listened to him and and Deepak on stage talking about ice cream. (laughs) And this is where I end up. Right. So what do you have to tell me? And I listened. I'm glad you did. Because you're still here. Oh, me too, brother. Me too, man. <laughs> me too, obviously. Very happy. Very happy. So, but it's all in the learning. Let's let's do this. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you the the million dollar question. What mm-hmm. are you? A conduit. Ooh, very good. I'm a conduit. And that and it took a lot of learning and a lot of failure to you know, the successes and the failures to understand I am just a conduit for energy and I just open it up. And, you know, I, I, I put my story out there for people to see that that's possible for me. You know, they can see that they can say, I saw what you went through and, and I know I can do that. And I love when people tell me their stories. I, I love it. I love it when people tell me, you know, I, I had one person we were helping. She, she couldn't get out of her apartment. And, you know, she put a post up and she said, I am camping in the woods and it's 30 degrees outside. There's snow everywhere. And just two months ago, I had a crawl out of my apartment. And here I am. And camping in the I woods. did this. Yeah. And now here I am alone camping in the woods. And I did this. I did this. Wow. And it's like, because she just took, she she just took the, I don't care anymore attitude. I just don't care anymore. Right. I am going been, to be, I've been in that spot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and right. listen, there is you so, still got more work to do, but it's, it's step one. Oh, but That's here's step the thing. One. This is, yes. it's such Huge. a step one moment because yeah. you realize, and this is the greatest thing. People just don't understand when you get to that point. Like I did that surrender. Right. That's yes. when you literally get put on the launch pad. And that's when all the little elves come back and they start putting you back together because they've been trying to put you back together. Right. But they can't because you say, no, I don't want that. I have to do it this way. Right, right, right. You're fighting fighting them the whole time. Right. And they're like, just stop. You don't need to do this anymore. Right. Your life is waiting. You asked to be happy. We're trying to give it to you. It's not going to come in another house. It's not going to come in a different car. Right, right. Show you how to do it. 
but you have to be the conduit for us to work through you. Nice. That's why I think we all have that. We all have that conduit. We are oh, yeah. all that. The right. moment we stop being the asshole and, <laughs> and plugging I like, the conduit. I love that. Right, right. I remember my, uh, um, I'm going to ask you the, who are you too? So prepare mm. yourself for that. But like okay. one of my, um, suicide attempts was with rat poison. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah. So don't do that. Nobody do that. No. It's bad. No. But I also had conditions on my suicide attempts. I, mm-hmm. And, and I just thought of this the other day, but anyway, if I wasn't going to be dead the next day, I had to get up and go to work. So mm. I did because I didn't die, right? Mm. And that was a really, really bad day. Mm. You don't want to like eat rat poison mm. and then go to work. It's not mm. a good look, okay? Mm-mm. It's like mm. worse than a hangover. Take, mm. your, take your worst hangover and times it by 10. It's mm. really bad. Mm-hmm. But mm. the power comes from, you know, the volume on all that work shit that I was worried about got dialed down to about two. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. Because I just... It's a great equalizer. I survived rat poison, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, it's a great equalizer. (laughs) And and, and listen, I love that because I remember someone was saying, you know, um, and and it's so funny because so many people have either contemplated or tried, you know, suicide because I think it is we're just trying to fit into this fucking nonsense that we, Uh, you know, we believe that we are. You were depressed, right? So to me, like, it's 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 depression is a thing. It's an actual physical thing in your brain. No question about it. Right. And if you're there and you happen to succeed, then you are a victim of depression. Without a doubt. But here's the thing. And and we talked about this earlier of it's just you. It's always you, obviously. And, oh, I had another comment on this because I think this this was a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. Because our language is so loaded. Mm Mm-hmm. So I can say I am 100% responsible for my entire experience. Mm-hmm. And I agree mm-hmm. with that statement. Mm-hmm. I am not necessarily to blame for anything. And here's mm-hmm. the difference. So blame has a sort of like embedded deserve punishment inside mm-hmm. of it, right? Mm-hmm. So you can be responsible for a thing and accept responsibility and not deserve punishment. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. The difference? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause yeah, we're punishing sure. ourselves all the time too. And see, that's the thing. I mean, that's what I try to get people to, to really get to the place of, because when they get to this place, it becomes a launch pad for them. I want them to understand that it has been them. And it, totally. what I mean, it has been them. It's totally. not them that has put them in, in the position that they are. Oh, look, you're telling me, you know, like, uh, say a woman came to me and she said, so you're telling me that um, my husband being abusive to me is, is my fault. And I said, no, that's not it. Because there is no fault. Right. There is no fault. Not fault. My father being abusive to me was my fault. No, there is no fault. The fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter. And why it doesn't matter is because you have got to move away from that. Because if you have that running through your mind, my father abused me, my father abused me, my father abused me, guess what you're going to have? You're going to have a husband that's going to step into the same 
the same play, role. the same character, the same role that right. your that your that your father did. Why? Because it is energetic connection. Right. You are you want that feeling. You don't want it, but that's you're, what you're attracting it. That's your yes. habit. That's what yes. your energetic connection is too. Right. So perfect. You're example. creating it. Of, right. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who who was getting married and she had a very, very difficult childhood with her father. Just really difficult. Father was a really good guy. She just saw him as a bully, whatever. And maybe there was some other stuff there. I really didn't know. But the day of the wedding, and it was just at somebody's house, very impromptu thing. Husband steps in, he's got a black leather vest, white leather button down shirt. He's got black jeans and these black leather shoes. The father steps in, black leather vest, white button down shirt, black jeans, same exact black shoes. She married her father. Now right. everyone would say, well, and I mean, everybody saw it like, oh my God, it's obvious. the same. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, hello, hello. So what does that tell you? We are just repeating the trauma. Why? Because your attention is on the trauma. For me, I didn't right. realize, I didn't know my childhood was bad, so to speak. It wasn't bad for me. I loved it. Okay. I loved it. I didn't know. You didn't, didn't know, know it was traumatic. You weren't supposed to feed yourself. I didn't know right. you were supposed to do that. It made me a strong person. Sure. I mean, sure, I got a lot of side effects. I got a lot of noise in my brain. Right. That rolled around in my head all the time. Right. But I was still, I didn't know it until in my late teens when I would tell the story of how I grew up and people's jaw would be open and like, right. dude, you were neglected. That's, that's not normal. I was. No, I was. Yeah. It's like, that's not normal. I was neglected. No, I was. Was I? I had food. I had frozen hot dogs. I had dog biscuits. I loved them. How lucky was I? I got to eat frozen hot dogs whenever I wanted to. I right. got to eat out of the can whenever I wanted to. I loved it. I got to eat whatever I want because my mom, she wasn't there to cook for me. So kind right. of good. Right? <laughs> I was self-sufficient. But uh -huh. and you start taking that in. You got to you know, pull that you, apart. You start running right. that. Right. Yeah. You start running that ball around. And, <laughs> and so that's yeah. why I say take that stuff and make it power. Turn it into power mm. so you can go find your happiness. Right. Be in the room on fire. It's okay to be in the room on fire. Just have the strength to go through the flames. I went through the flames. Yeah. You went through the flames. We are the proof you can go through the fucking flames yeah. because there's a door on the other side. And in that door, that's where your freedom lies. So you, you don't have to do yeah. hard things sometimes in order to find that door. So like I always tell people like you have to do this work. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it alone. Right. But you know <laughs> right. what? They don't have to do it. They don't have to. Well, There's they tons really of don't. people out there. They, they don't, don't have to do it. No. And because maybe they're okay. Maybe they're living their life and they're all right. I have no problem with anybody just but when somebody steps onto the field and they don't know where to go and they don't know who to turn to. Right. That's why I say, Hey, come here. Yeah. I want to tell you something. You're not who you think you are. <laughs> You're a fuck ton powerful right. thing you are. Right. And you just don't realize it yet. So let me take you on a little journey. Let me take you tell you a little story about who you really are because you are the God you're the miracle and it's just waiting to come out, man. And right. we all touch it. We, we get there sometimes through meditation. We have that flow, you know, Tom Brady is, he's no different than me and you. He just has flow. 
Right. He just has this thing. All I need to do is do this. I see a target and I'm going to throw the ball. He isn't directing the ball. He isn't doing uh, putting the spin on the ball. He automatically does it. Right. So what is that? What is that power that is automatically doing it? And we all possess it. So why wouldn't you access it? Why wouldn't you go to use it? Because listen, this is why I love people with these stories is because it gives people the, the permission, the permission to go out and be fucking great. Live a life that's inspired, that's happy. Yeah. You don't need all the shit. Right. Just love yourself. Just be happy. You know, <laughs> this is what we say in our little Freedom Project in our little Beyond Limits course. And I love it. I love it. It's one of my most favorite sayings. And I remember telling this to somebody and she was like, and I walked into the into the bakery and the woman looked at me and she gave me this look and I said, you know what you tell that person? Fuck you, I love myself anyway. And I said, in fact, I want you to go through your whole life for the next two days and in your mind, anybody that even looks at you say, oh, no, thank you. Fuck you, I love myself anyway. I That's said, awesome. you could say it nicely, kindly. You can say it as, you know, a pushback, mm-hmm. but use it because it builds that love in yourself. Because haven't we hated ourselves long enough for not fitting in, for not being right. the person that, you know, mom and dad wanted us to be. Right. Oh, my God. Just live. Be happy. Right. You know, you, you could be a garbage man and be just so fucking happy. I've met guys mm. who have lived in the street. They were so happy. And here I am, the construction company owner, and I was miserable. Yeah. What has this guy got that I don't have? He has nothing. He has a mattress <laughs> on yeah. the sidewalk. True story. True story. A mattress on the You know what, Scotty? I'm just a happy guy. <laughs> I'm just a happy guy, Scotty. I'm just a happy guy. And you let me know, man. I'll make sure your spot is free when you come down to this job. Wow. Thanks, man. And he was just, he just happy living guy. life. Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle on the bench in the park. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we have gone a little over. So let's. Uh, I told you we would. I, I knew we would. And and there I should definitely be like a part two, three, four, five, you know. And I love it. You're welcome I'm anytime on. because we didn't do I anything love. on this sheet here that we were going to do. <laughs> well, we did some. We, we did, did some. Not do that. I, <laughs> I said know. You would get one question. <laughs> Maybe. And, the, I, and we, then you go down the rabbit hole. We kind of did one, sort of. Yeah. Kind Maybe, of sort of. kind of, sort of. Okay, so you've got uh, Freedom Project. Talk a little bit about Freedom Project. Talk a little bit about the book. Talk a little bit about the Facebook group, all the stuffs. Uh, Facebook, I'll tell you what, that that is really something I'm really super proud of. So we have a private Facebook group. You can invite yourself to it where we talk all these things, all these things. Right. And that is called The Freedom Project. Um, it is a closed Facebook group, but just invite yourself to right. see that. I'm linking uh, to it in is, the show notes. Yeah, because listen, I screw things up. So I'm probably not going to get emails right. I'm just telling everybody right now. I'm not going to get emails right. I'm going right. to get the website wrong. And I know the book is simple because it's just called Finding Ugly. So I keep it to t- I'm simple. To, Finding right? Ugly is and, good. That's a good title. It's and there, easy to remember. Yep. And that's on Amazon. And there's a whole nother story. Right. Uh, about finding ugly. About that. Right, yeah, right. About finding ugly. That's a whole nother deal. And uh, our our website is the Freedom Project 222.com. And there you can find all of us. And we do events and uh, we wow. teach breath work. We teach meditation. We teach how to 
really step out of yourself and into the power that you really are. That's really what we do when we do it really, really well, because I have two partners that we do it with and really had had so many tremendous results. I mean, seriously, tremendous results. So, and my email is scott at thefreedomproject222.com. That's so plenty of ways that you can reach out to us and find out what we do. And just even those little things, we do free things all the time uh, just to help you step out of yourself because it's only you that's holding you back. I promise you, you, I promise you, it's just you. And maybe it might be the real you instead of the bucket or yeah. the fishbowl. Well, you got to listen to the right voice. <laughs> That's right. You listen to oh, the right, the right voice. voice. Yes. And the other voice is loud. Yeah. And after yeah. you do what it says, you yeah. feel hungover and sick. So that's, oh, <laughs> but oh, the quiet voice, you have to be really quiet in your head to hear the quiet voice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The best way to describe it is. If, if you're, you're the actor, you're the actor on stage yes. and there's a guy with a knife behind you and there's this faint voice out in the audience saying, there's a guy with a knife behind you. That's the real you because it sees all of it. You're not just a character on stage. This right. is a Jim Carrey, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You are the whole theater, the whole freaking right. theater. You can be any character you want to be. So why be stuck with you? Amen. Step out. Step out. Step out. Be something out. new. All right. I'll see the vision. <laughs> Scott, this has been a blast, as I knew it would be. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me and sharing your story, oh, as it. usual. This has been a love blast. It. So, uh, hey, reach out in like six months, year, or whenever, and we'll you do it, part two. Oh, I love it. All right, For brother. sure, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.